Hey, hey, hey! Welcome to the Slipstream. I'm your host, Brent Houston. And this week, whew, it got a little chilly here in the Hawking Hills. Still up here in the compound, still chilling out in quarantine. And uh, I don't know, have you checked out online? I guess there's a whole group of quarantini recipes going around. I'm not much of a drinker, but uh, I understand some of the quarantinis that have been invented are quite good. So you ought to check that out. Google quarantini for some more information on that. There, there are a lot of uh, a lot of them going around Reddit uh, these days. I saw uh, about four or five that looked pretty good. There was one with Grand Marnier that looked phenomenal. So let's see what else is going on. It is uh, being recorded now. It's towards the end of September, and uh, got a lot of things going on. This episode, I would like to dedicate. And take a moment of silence uh, for the loss of Justice Ginsburg, a fantastic human being and someone who I greatly admired. Uh, So I'm going to take a moment of silence for her. Well, thank you very much for tuning back in here to the Slipstream podcast and uh, as you know, we cover a lot of things here, entrepreneurship and productivity and life hacking, mental models, uh, sort of alternative ways of thinking to try to lead a better life. Lead a better life. That's sort of the theme of this podcast. So what are we going to talk about this week? This week I am going to talk about five powerful questions that uh, I've accumulated. Now, I'm a collector of questions. Let me just start off by saying uh, I'm a collector of questions. Um, I carry around with me at any given time on my phone and devices, I've got about 27 to 30 uh, questions that I have curated from all over the place. They've come from uh, people that I listen to and podcasts and other interviews and books that I've read. But I try to collect these questions that I can use to analyze different problems or or scenarios and think differently uh, about them. Whether that's a business problem or a personal problem or a situation uh, in my financial life or in my business life or in my personal life. And so this podcast edition, I'm going to talk about my five favorite questions. Uh, They're sort of... Uh, the five most powerful questions that I use most routinely. And so here they are. Um, the first question I stole from Tim Ferriss. Uh, straight out stole it. Um, but if you were to ask me, what is the one question that has made you more money, uh, Brent, in your lifetime um, than any other question, it would be this question. Did that set that up? So here it is. The question is, what would this look like if it were easy? And this has sort of become a mantra for me. I got to tell you, what would this look like if it were easy? I, I ask this of my team. I ask this whenever we're starting to build products or we're starting to talk about new services. Anytime someone comes to me and says, Brent, I'm struggling with this. It's really hard. The very first question I ask him is, what would this look like if it were easy? If you took away all of the barriers, what does this look like? What does success look like? If it were simple, what would it look like? 
And I find that this is a starting point that really opens the doors. Um, I'll give you a little story. I was talking with um, one of the folks that I, I uh, actually view as a mentor. And um, I was helping him with some challenges that he was going through. And uh, he, he said to me, uh, I know the first question you're going to ask is, what would this look like if it were easy? And he said, you know, I've asked that question to myself over the last couple of sleepless nights. And here's what I came up with. And just in that discussion of him telling me what it would look like if it were easy, he came to the conclusion that he'd solved his own problem and he knew how to move forward. So very, very powerful question. What would this look like if it were easy? Be descriptive. Get out a journal. Write down your problem. Just stream of consciousness is fine. Bullet points, whatever it takes. Mind mapping, whatever it takes. But really asking yourself, what would this look like if the problem were easy to solve? If it were simple to solve? And uh, a lot of times the answer is just leap out at you. So the second question that I use uh, comes from a couple of different places. Uh, It it comes, certainly Tim Ferriss talks about this, so does uh, Charlie Munger, Richard Feynman. Um, It's a very common problem-solving solution, um, and, and essentially it ties back to something that we've talked about before, and that is Jacoby's inversion. Sometimes you can only solve a problem in reverse. Now, I use this question a little bit differently. Whenever I'm faced with a situation, I like to look at the common wisdom. How, how do most people solve this problem? And then I ask myself, this is the question, what if I did the opposite of the common wisdom for X period of time? Whether that's two weeks or 30 days or 60 days or one year, What if I just devoted myself to doing the opposite of what common wisdom is? And it's not that I might go off and do that. I might. I might try that. But it's thinking about doing the opposite. Why is that a good idea? Why is that a bad idea? Why would this fail? And a lot of times what you'll see is you'll sort of see how people got to the common wisdom But because you're looking at what if you had done the opposite, a lot of times you'll come up with ways that you can build something else that is outside of common wisdom, but is not the exact opposite of common wisdom. But you can solve that problem through reduction and really have a different approach, a different approach to solving it. And a lot of times in my life, that's proven to be very, very, very successful and uh, has given me a lot, of, a lot of great opportunities and paths forward. So the question again, what if I did the opposite of common wisdom for X period of time? And what you're really looking for here is not necessarily the opposite of common wisdom, but you're trying to essentially ask yourself, if you did it differently than everyone else does, what, what is a likely solution? All right, moving on to the third question. We're already seven minutes in. I know time flies when I record these podcasts, and I hope they fly for you while you're listening as well. But here's my third question. It's a little bit of a compound, but I always like to ask what is called the five whys. And this is very, very common as well. 
Um, this is a common problem-solving uh, sort of solution, um, and it's, it's often discussed. But I use it myself all the time. It's very, very powerful. So I ask myself about the first question, why does X happen? And I usually think of an answer. And then I ask to myself, why does that happen? And I do that for five whys. Why does this happen? Why does that happen? Why does the third thing happen? Why does the fourth thing happen? And why does the, five, the fifth thing happen? And by the fifth why, I usually have a really good idea of what the base level of the problem is. I, I usually now have a feel for the root of the issue. And oftentimes, just knowing that root of the problem Somewhere along the line, I will have thought of my own uh, solution. So uh, the five whys. Asking why does X happen five times in a row based on the answers each time digging five layers deep usually reveals a path to success and a root cause to the problem that you're trying to solve. So um, very, very, very easy. This is also really useful when people come to you uh, especially if you own your own business, people come to you to ask uh, about a problem that's occurring. Um, I find that by asking why five times, why did we do this? Oh, well, we've always done it this way. Why did we always do it this way? Blah, blah, blah. It took about five times, and we finally get to the root of the problem. So if you're trying to build a better business, you want to solve the root problem, not the symptoms. And this is a great way to get there, five whys. All right, here we go. Question number four, a very big compound question. Um, when I'm looking at a scenario, I'm looking at a problem with many outcomes or many inputs into the problem. I try to tear each one down using this question. And, and it's really a set of a few questions, but they all sort of build on the same premise. So the first part of the question is, Looking at the scenario that I'm dealing with, what are the variables and probabilities of each one of those variables? And I'll think prob probabilistically. I'll literally sometimes just get out a piece of paper and write down, um, I think X has this probability, but there's another, here are the three outcomes for X and here's the probability spread. I think Y could happen in these three or four ways and here's the probability spread for each. And... I tear that down looking at these different variables and the probabilities of each one. And what starts to, to occur to me is, first of all, some of the dependencies come out, right? So the, the, the possible cascades, either in a cascading failure or cascading success, that sort of second and third order thinking starts to kick in. And I start to see the problem uh, at a much deeper, more nuanced level. Um, and so I do, I, the, the second part of this thing is what could cascade? Um, if I do X, Y, or Z at this probability, what's likely to happen? Um, if, if X falls to this and Y falls to this, but Z falls to this lower probability thing, what is likely to happen? And so what I'm looking for there are just sort of the, the different alternatives the different alternative ways that this problem could occur and how it could manifest. And I try to put it then into context, what's the best or worst outcomes of, of those scenarios and what do they actually look like? 
Uh, and I'm looking for, again, just sort of determining the different variable deterministic paths and probabilistic paths through the problem to really tear it down. And what I find is once I've finished analyzing the problem at that level, oftentimes I know exactly what I should do. Um, it sort of pops up and I see the things that are likely to have the largest return. Um, and so it's a very useful way to analyze uh, that that level of a problem or a scenario. All right, so the fifth question that I use, this one saves me, uh, especially in my personal life and, and business life, it saves me quite often. I used to really suffer from what I call event regret. Um, I would agree to speak at an event or I would agree to uh, meet someone um, for you know a tedious conversation um, and it might be two weeks or two months in advance, and, and I would say, oh, as soon as they asked me, I would schedule it. And, and again, Kevin Kelly talks about this. Uh, you know, Tim Ferriss talks about this. Uh, even, again, Richard Feynman uh, talks about this, Charlie Munger. They all kind of talk about this future event uh, sort of regret. It's easier to say yes to something that's off in the future. And so anytime someone asks me to make a decision today about something that's going to happen in the future. Maybe it's an event, a commitment, uh, a spend, a resource allocation. I always like to bring that to near field. So I ask myself, how would I feel if I had to do that today? And I literally think about myself getting up in the morning. I'm having my cup of coffee. I'm looking at my calendar. And that thing is right there. First thing on the calendar, I have to tackle it. How do I feel? Do I, am I happy to do this? Does it make me energized? Does it nourish me? Or is this something I dread doing and I, I'm not going to be happy to do it? And if uh, that's the case, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the power to say no. Um, and I'm going to decline. Now, that might be an outright uh, declination. No, no, thank you. Um, I'm not able to do that, or it may be sort of a redirect. I'm not able to do that, but I have this good friend, Bob, who might be able to help you with that. Let me make an introduction. Or I'm not able to do that, but I've read this book, and it had a lot of the answers that helped me understand that. Um, so those are sort of the defer uh, to another resource and, um, and sort of refer uh, the person to another resource. Um, it's not like you're passing the buck. I, I, I do only do that to if I think that the other person or the other resource can really help them solve their problem. Um, and I'm really careful about that. But uh, otherwise, just an outright and honest no. Um, and how to say no is a whole different thing. There's a whole bunch of ways to do that, and maybe we'll cover that on a future podcast. But again, a lot of people have covered good ways to say no. Uh, Tim Ferriss talks about it. So does Kevin Kelly. Charlie Munger uh, has some great information out there about how to say no. Uh, and there are whole books written about how to say no. So I'm not sure that uh, I could cover that on a podcast in a meaningful way, but we'll see. Um, but those are my five powerhouse questions. I'm going to go through them again. What would this look like if it were easy? Uh, what if I did the opposite of common wisdom for X period of time? Asking why does X happen five times in a row? And what are the variables and probabilities of each one of the facets of, uh, of a scenario or a problem? 
what could cascade, what's the best and worst outcomes, and what do they look like. So that's sort of an, a problem analysis set right there. And then this last one, for any future event or commitment, uh, how would I feel if I had to do that today? If it were the first thing on my calendar that morning, um, would I still agree to do it? So I hope you enjoyed those five questions. Um, I'm going to eventually get back to talking more about the execution spectrum. I've got some research and uh, some polls going on about that. I've got two or three other surprises coming up here in the future, but I just want to keep uh, going on questions and mental models and things that I think can help you uh, sort of slide into that slipstream of life. That's what this is all about. So uh, feel free, if you're a, a listener, you have your five questions, hit me up on Twitter uh, and let me know what your five powerhouse questions are. Um, if you disagree with any of mine or if you think uh, you've got some that are better, uh, let me know what they are on Twitter or uh, just reach out and tell me uh, via email or any of the socials. I'm on a lot of the socials, so uh, you can find me out there. Uh, what is it Betty White says? <laughs> I'm also on the tweeter. Um, so I'm also on the tweeter, it turns out as well. All right. So thanks very much for listening to the Slipstream podcast this week. I'll talk to you again until next time. Stay safe out there, have fun, and uh, let's try to keep wearing masks and stay COVID-free. All right, hopefully this will end someday and we can get back out, spread our wings. Until then, I hope you stay safe. Take care.